So today's guest in one and a half years bought four properties, a total of 11 doors, and now she quit her W-2 job. What's up, y'all? My name is Jay Helms, founder of the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. So you know how most parents stress over how they will financially provide for their growing families? Well, I have a system to show them how to achieve financial freedom through real estate investing so they will never worry about being acquired, fired, or laid off ever again. And today's episode is with Cindy Byler. Cindy is a military army spouse of seven years to her high school sweetheart, Jonas, who, uh, if you don't know, is just an all out badass for the army. Thank you, Jonas. After their first change of duty station, she found herself needing to put her career as a music teacher on hold to move three times in three years, hashtag army life, right? Or hashtag military life. During that season of not working, she grew bitter toward the lifestyle. She had much value to add, but felt unable to do so. So through much reflection and improvements in personal finances, Cindy realized the best quote unquote job security for their military lifestyle was through passive income, which led her to real estate investing. So as a buy and hold real estate investor, Cindy primarily invests in her hometown area in Elmira, New York. She has been a landlord for five years, but in the past one and a half, she has acquired a total of four properties, 11 doors. Every unit has gone through or is going through extensive remodeling. And to make things even more interesting, she currently lives in Central Texas, where her husband is stationed at Fort Hood. So all acquisitions, remodeling, and rentals are managed from over 1,600 miles away. Going to need yourself a new map. Cindy also resigned from her job as a music teacher to stay home with her young children and focus on the business that has already replaced her income in so a little time. That's it. That was happened this year. That happened in 2020. capitalist. You are addressing the gap between your successful, fulfilling W-2 job and building wealth for your family through real estate investing. You are ready to earn, invest, repeat. Welcome to the W-2 Capitalist Podcast. Now, let's get to work. Here's your host, Jay Helms. And thank you, T-Hog. T-Hog left us a review on iTunes. Five-star rating. His review was this. Jay provides excellent information through the interviews that are useful for everyday life in real estate investing. Todd, T-Hog, thank you very much. Thank you for emailing me that. I will be connecting you with my coaching calendar. Uh, one of the things I did in December was to, to help promote not only the podcast, but also the coaching business is for those of you who are on my mailing list and you received the email said, Hey, I'm looking for an iTunes review rating interview. If you go rate interview and you send me a screenshot of it, I'll give you access to my calendar and we'll get on a one-on-one -on -one coaching call and we'll talk about whatever is on your mind. So Todd, that link is coming your way, buddy. Uh, and Merry Christmas to you as well. So guys, if you have two minutes and you want to leave us a rating and review, we like the five stars. I really like the five stars. It really helps get the message and the movement of the W2 Capitalist out to more people. It helps with the iTunes algorithm. And while the promo for 
swapping an iTunes review for access to my coaching calendar is over. What I will tell you this is that I had a pretty good response from it and I will be more than likely be doing that again. So if you're interested in that, go ahead and leave us a rating and review. And then the next time that comes around, all you got to do is go back and grab a snapshot of that and and send it to me and you can send it to me at j at w2capitalist.com that's j-a-y at w2capitalist.com because the more of you that rate and review the show the more people get to understand it helps others build wealth so this is where you're doing your part you're actually helping other people build wealth by being able to find the show and speaking of building wealth have you ever taken a minute to total up just how much you pay in finance charges to banks and credit card companies on mortgages student loans cars vacations whatever it is you name it right you'll see that in your lifetime that easily adds up to hundreds of thousands of dollars in some cases of ours it's millions upon millions of dollars that's hundreds of thousands or possibly even millions of dollars that you can be putting to work for yourself right now and then pass those earnings over to your kids um, when the time comes, right? And you're probably saying, Jay, that that sounds absolutely ridiculous, and I completely agree with you. For uh, four years, I battled with this whole bank on yourself strategy concept until I met Mark Willis, and Mark Willis is that guy who finally made the light bulb turn on for me uh, with this whole wealth building strategy that has been primarily used just by the uber rich because us, us middle class folks didn't know about it, right? But I'm here to change that, and I wanna put you on that same path that I'm using into a fire my banker essentially, right? So last year I had Mark on the podcast. He and I went back and forth. I was got so excited. If the light bulb finally went off on me, I hired him as my agent and now approached him as being a sponsor of the podcast. So at the end of this episode, I'm going to give you a link to connect with Mark for a free 15 minute consultation to discover if the bank on yourself, create your own source of financing strategy is right for you. But for now, Let's get into today's episode with Miss Cindy Byler. Cindy, welcome to the show. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Jay. <laughs> I am super excited about this. Um, for those of you who don't know, Cindy Byler, she is the inner voice in my ear that makes me second guess before I ever post anything or email <laughs> anything out. Is it grammatically correct? Hey, by the way, I meant to tell you that I have installed Grammarly. I think that was your recommendation, but I finally got it. Uh, and I look at that every time I think of typing something up and it comes up, I was like, Cindy would be proud. Uh, <laughs> I, I almost bought like a plaque that I saw at a gift shop. It said, I'm secretly or silently correcting your grammar as you speak. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank you for not uh, silently correcting my grammar, but very publicly correcting me and uh because i think it helps it does it, it helps helps me so thank you for that but cindy we're, we're here to talk a little bit about real estate investing and how awesome you are and how all the amazing things that you've been able to accomplish um since you've started real estate investing so for the folks who don't know you and kind of your background let's let's dive into that a little bit where you began you know you're married you got a couple of kids maybe a few pets that i don't know about but tell me <laughs> tell me <laughs> Let the audience know who you are and uh, all that good stuff. Sure. So these days I identify as um, an active duty military spouse, as a mother, 
until recently, I was a teacher and now I'm a real estate investor. So I wear many hats. I married my high school sweetheart um, when I was 21. I think we started dating when I was 17. So <laughs> we've been together for a while, like a whole lifetime, it feels like. Um, he's in the military. We've moved around plenty, have gone through plenty of career changes in the process. We have two beautiful children, um, ages three and five. And yeah, we're, we're living the dream. <laughs> living the dream. I love it. I yeah. love it. So uh, that's amazing. You don't hear a lot of people who marry their, their high school sweetheart. Uh, that's that's pretty incredible. That's awesome. Um, yeah. That's I didn't know that about you, by the way. Really? <laughs> yeah, I don't think yeah. I knew that. I've known Jonas since I was 14, actually. Um, okay. He was the only nerd. In when you were a band camp? <laughs> no, we didn't go to band camp together, but we okay. were in band together. He was the drummer and I played flute and clarinet and other things. Um, and we played or we were in track together as well. So oh. I've known him since I was 14. He was the only nerd who did his math homework. Um, <laughs> he scored higher than me on the SAT. So like we've been through it all together. Is that, did you got, no. All right. So when it comes to math, that's somewhat of my specialty, although probably not now, but when I was in school, uh, who cheated off of who you well, can admit it now. It's not going to go in your permanent was, record. You're okay. No, he was in the back of the room. I, I wasn't near him. I was pretty good at math, but he, he beat me. Yeah. Um, he's also two and a half years older. So like, <laughs> I was in the advanced math class and he was still catching up from homeschooling. So oh, wow. Yeah. So there's no competitiveness between you and your husband at all. That's what I just picked up on. Um, I wouldn't go there. <laughs> uh, sarcasm is pretty thick. Uh -oh. My college um, GPA was higher. <laughs> Like, do y'all sit around and talk about who's best at what and kind of punch and jab at each other? Or? Yeah, sometimes. But he's about to go get his doctorates. I told him he can win this one. I'm stopping at Masters. Yeah. No, it, yeah, I, I'm with. So my when we first moved to Pensacola, my wife uh, decided she wanted to be a, uh, a realtor, and she mm -hmm. went and got her realtor's license, passed the exam on the first first try. And um, since then, she's let it lapse. But I've thought about trying to get mine because we're now full time and we're doing all this stuff, mm -hmm. and you know. And I this is a couple of years ago. Um, so I was still working at the time, but I took the, the pre-exam, I studied, I did everything you're supposed to do. When even, I even went as far as having my fingerprints done, was talking to brokerages and whatnot. And I was like, I, I don't feel like I'm going to pass this test. Like I, I knew I don't test very well, like, uh, just exam stuff. I, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. And when, when I, it came to me to schedule the time for, I, I didn't do it. I did not schedule the state exam or go go uh, go take it because I knew I was going to fail it, and I did not want her to <laughs> have that hanging over me for the rest of our lives. Like, hey, you know, I I I passed the realtor exam my first try. What what happened to you? Because That's we okay. have that competitiveness with ourselves too. Um, it's healthy right now. Right now, I think it's uh, who can get the most sleep with all of our kids and stuff. And I'm winning that race. So that's, uh, <laughs> you're the pro napper, right? Oh, I am. I love taking naps. Um, <laughs> they're getting shorter for some reason. They're usually, um, I know I've talked about this in the mastermind, but you know, there's days where I'll take like a two hour nap and my wife's like, that's not a nap. That's, <laughs> that's sleeping for the second time. I was like, no, no, no. I'm above the covers. I'm, a, I'm above the covers with a blanket. So it's a nap, right? 
in uh but now they're like 15 30 minutes and i wake up refreshed ready to go and it's it's amazing of course, yeah, you're more efficient <laughs> yeah yeah so um you've been investing for how long now actively like on purpose for about 19 months now okay so mm-hmm. how does one not invest or invest on accident or not on purpose <laughs> well we've technically been landlords for about six years now we bought our first property okay. Um, with a residential mindset is what I call it. So we were planning to live there. We were still modest in our purchase, but it's not like we were running our numbers to see if it would make a good investment opportunity. We're like, we're going to live here and we're going to enjoy it. And that's the end of it. But um, the lovely military had other plans. (laughs) (laughs) So, which is how it works in a year, within a year and a half of living in the property, um, they gave us orders for my husband to go to school in San Antonio. And so at that point we're like, shoot, we just bought this property. We can't afford to sell it because in that market, the sellers pay um, the commissions. And so Mm. we decided to put it up for rent. And I was very adamant on finding a property manager because I did not want to have to evict anyone. (laughs) I was like, I don't want to deal with all the legalities of this. So we actually found some pretty good property managers. And I think, I don't know, we rented it for like three or four years before we sold the property. And I think overall, we did take a little bit of a loss, but it was a good experience because it showed me that long distance investing is possible. Yeah. So it worked. Yeah. And, and yeah. I feel like a lot of investors allow that concept to hold them back, especially if they live in a um, higher cost of living area. And I, I don't know how else to say it is it's possible <laughs> with yeah. the right people on your team. You could do it. Don't, don't let that hold you back. Yeah. Well, you guys made it possible, right? You kind of, you know, but there had to be some conversations y'all were having about, man, I, I don't know. This is, you know, do we, you know, do we try this? Do we go ahead and, and, and try to put it up on the market? Like how much of that did y'all go back and forth and really before you decided on, on okay, we're, we're going to put this up as a rental and we're going to figure it out, right? Yeah. To be honest, I don't think local investing was ever even a thought of ours. It was like, should we do real estate or shouldn't we? It's not like I was born to be a real estate investor. <laughs> Um, I had no clue. Had I known, I would have taken a marketing class in college. That would have been yeah. helpful. <laughs> Instead, I'm, I have a bachelor's in music education, a master's in health administration, certified Six Sigma. Like I'm all over the place. <laughs> I have been studying for a while. Um, but sorry, I just realized you put out the record. So no, it's fine. So for everybody who's listening or watching, my son just barged in here and I hit pause and then Cindy and I are trying to get back on track. So anyway, Cindy, we're talking about long distance real estate investing and for y'all, you were saying it's not, uh, it was never an issue. Like, are we investing locally or whatnot? Yeah. I don't even think investing locally was a thought of ours because we knew we move on average every two years. And so inevitably we are going to be long distance real estate investors, whether we like it or not. So our thought process is, do we invest in real estate or don't we? Um, After I had to give up my job as a music teacher about five years ago and support my husband and be the mom that I needed to be, I got really passionate about our personal finances, went crazy about paying off just our loans and in general, like our debt. And then after that, I was like, okay, so we're debt free. That took a whole three years, by the way. (laughs) But it's like, now what? Now what? Investing came up. And so we were doing the stock market 
um, investing heavily in that. But I realized that there was more, a more efficient way, like the people who were in the financial independence retire early community, a lot of them who were accumulating wealth seemed to have been doing so through real estate. And I was like, I need yeah. a piece of that pie. So um, it was a matter of, are we going to invest in real estate or aren't we? And if we are, I don't want to be the military couple who is collecting a house everywhere we, we move. Like I mm. wanted to be, I wanted to focus on like the one thing, you know, we talk about yeah. you know, the one market and being high school sweethearts, all our family are in the same area. And um, I'm just going to put this out there. My husband grew up Amish and he has yeah. some really awesome contractors in his family Talented that we can, we can trust. <laughs> yeah. So it kind of seemed like a no brainer that we would start there. We're realizing as we grow our portfolio that New York, especially in COVID, times new york is not the most landlord friendly um state yeah. but i don't think we would change it so. are y'all with everything that's going on with covid and and you've talked about some things in the mastermind which we don't have to get into because what happens in the mastermind stays in the mastermind we'll leave it <laughs> that and uh so i don't think i mentioned this earlier but but cindy is a member of the wg capitalist mastermind and um Invest in New York, you know, there's a lot of things that, that's going on in there. Did you, with COVID and, and with moratoriums, if I'm even saying that word correctly, you will let me know, I know. Um, have you decided to look at other markets, right? I mean, I know you've got, how many how many units do y'all have in, in New York? We are up to four properties and 11 doors. Okay. Um, five of which have been rented. We're about to get the sixth one rented like any day now. Um, it's yeah. been a process. Out of all those, uh, I did a, I did a fist bump or like a choo choo pulling <laughs> yes. the horn down for getting it rented. That's awesome. Oh, well, just <laughs> had to get it finished. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Anyway, there, that's a story in an, in and of itself. Um, but out of all our tenants, we do have one who is very much enjoying the moratorium. Mm. Um, and that hurts. He's over five yeah. grand behind. It hurts, but um, fortunately, we're pretty conservative in our leverage, and so we were able to. We are able to foot the bill. Um, I hope that he will, you know, do what he signed on the dotted line to do one day. <laughs> but we'll see. Um, but what's the plan? What's the plan there? What What is? Do y'all or do y'all even have one now? Or do you have to wait until? COVID we got to wait till at least the beginning of the year, unfortunately. Okay. Um, Why the beginning of the year? What happens then? Well, Governor Cuomo stretched the moratorium till the end of the year. And so, okay. and then who knows what's going to happen after that? I, I saw an article the other day popped in my newsfeed and, and it was something like by the end of the year, um, Americans will be, I want to say it was 70. I can't remember if it was million or billion uh, behind on rent. Yeah. And, and I want to say, it's, a, it's with a B. I want to say it was with a B because, mm -hmm. and I got to thinking, man, if there are people who don't practice what you guys do and, and don't leverage yourself completely, right? Mm -hmm. I said that correctly. Uh, basically, you have the proper reserves to help with that. There's going to be a lot of people hurting. There's going to be a lot of opportunity for investors like yourself and for like me who have been conservative conservative mm -hmm. to take advantage of that, right? But yeah. how do you come back, you specifically, even though the moratorium is going to be up and, he's, and your tenant's already five grand behind, how are you going to work with him to, to get it back on track or is it possible? Well, we've been trying to work with him. I had one other tenant who did get behind, but like she genuinely was like, I'm trying, I'm so sorry. Like we worked mm. out a payment plan. She's caught up. Like I was prepared as a landlord. You know, I, I think as investors, we get this rap that we're greedy little people, oh, yeah. Yeah. but we're not. We're, well, we're, I'm not we're a little human. person, but I might be <laughs> greedy. 
Yeah. No, or I was I'm like, not, I'm not a little, and I'm also not greedy about that. <laughs> right. I got you. I got you. So anyways, I mean, we were prepared for this. Like when COVID happened, I had a moment of like, Hey, we got this. And if our mm. tenants need help, we can work it out all as well. Um, you know, we are the type of landlords, like we put everything we had into these properties so that our tenants had a place that they could be proud of and call home. Those are the kind of investors and landlords we are. Um, so I was, ex- I was excited to be in that kind of position. I know not all investors are or landlords. Yeah. Um, and unfortunately then the tenants feel that too. Um, but this particular tenant is sporting two luxury cars out in his driveway mm. and just simply is not paying because he doesn't have to. And that hurts. That's like a slap in the face. And it's like, yeah. you, you do understand, like we put everything we had into this, you know, this building for you. And then, you know, this happens. Do you, so. do you think he will catch up? I don't know. Honestly, on what um, the governor puts in place probably at this point, I know that he's looking at moving into another property and I would just kind of be relieved for him to leave so we can put somebody else in. So, um, I considered cash for keys, but that's just like salt to the wound. Um, uh, uh, and I was talking to my property manager. We think there's like some deeper issues involved here. Um, unfortunately, uh, yeah. And potential recreational habits that were picked Mm, up. Yeah. So I don't know. It's hard to say. (laughs) Yeah. No, it's, I doubt the moratorium says anything about, um, uh, letting people stay in their property if they're allowing and doing, uh, illegal drugs. Yeah. And (laughs) I mean, he's definitely broken his lease. He has a huge dog in there that was not, um, approved, approved. nothing, nothing. Yeah. (laughs) So, so I do believe we could, I talked to my lawyer. I do believe we could probably pursue eviction, but the moment he says COVID like judges don't want to touch it. They can't not to mention you have to get them to actually show up. So basically when I talked to my lawyer, he said it was going to be a waste of money to attempt to evict right now. Have you, have you had any conversation with the tenant, uh, at, like as far as, I mean, I, I'm sure you're, when I say that your property manager have any conversations with the person to ask, Hey, are you going to catch up or whatnot? Cause cause I'm sitting here thinking, well, if you're going to waste your money and go do an eviction, then he's going to know that you're upset. And then he's probably going to trash your place. Right. I mean, he's got nothing to lose at this point. Right. He's, is I don't know. I've, I, we got pictures of his property cause we just did a, um, walkthrough. Not a walkthrough. Um, why can't I think right now? Inspection? The appraisal. We just did appraisal. an appraisal. Gotcha. And so that's when we found out about the dog. He's like, yeah, your appraiser doesn't want to come in here because the dog's not very nice when I'm not oh, here. Oh, wow. Like, How nice. What dog? <laughs> <laughs> so he did send pictures and the house looks like it's straight out of a magazine. So what do you okay. do with that? Um, the guy's just not paying. <laughs> so. Yeah. That's, you know, I... I don't know. When I rent a place, I don't want people to pay me so that it looks like it's out of a magazine. I want them to pay me no, because you're right. that's what our contract says. Right, right. Um, yeah. So uh, part of me is just hoping that he will um, move in to this other property and then we can, you know, get the judgment on him later. But in the meantime, get somebody else in there. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. We'll see where it goes. It, what? It is what it is. Back up a minute. You said something earlier. You, got, you became really passionate about personal finances. And I think you and I have shared our stories about Dave Ramsey and kind of that was the 
person to help us get our trains back on the track but then like baby step number two or number three we're, we're both like uh there's got to be more than this i don't want to live in my parents basement uh and, and be okay with that um no offense mom and dad if you're listening uh, <laughs> probably not but anyway <laughs> um but what was it that triggered you to really get passionate about your personal finances yeah absolutely so um i had to make the choice to either stay in kansas and and carry on my job with a baby while my husband went off to school, which I almost did, or I had to do what was right for my family and put my career on the back burner and um, move with him. And so ultimately I decided, you know, it's not fair to him or our newborn daughter to keep them apart for six months when later on mm -hmm. it won't be a choice because the military is going to deploy them, which did happen. What happened? Um, yeah. yeah. And so I decided to give up my career and move with him. And um, we went from two incomes to one. And uh, granted, he was the bread maker. Um, but I, you know, still brought in like $2,300 a month. Nothing, uh, you know, very impressive. But at the end of the day, now we don't have $2,300. Um, and yeah. we were about $60,000 in debt between, uh, I had about 30,000 in student loans, which by the way, I worked my tail off in college, multiple jobs, um, about 20 K on our car that we only, we kind of got in a pinch because my car caught on fire going to Kansas to visit him. <laughs> and wow. then about, yeah. And then about $10,000, um, on credit card, but that was because we paid for our own wedding. Um, we dated for four years, but then we had a five month engagement because he was supposed to deploy. And I'm like, dude, I'm not uh, waiting another two years. So between that and our honeymoon, and then he was a groomsman at a destination wedding, it added up. So anyways, um, and now we have a baby. <laughs> like, okay, I got it. My, my um, mother-in-law was in town and she goes, where's y'all's money going? Like, it felt like we were living paycheck to paycheck because we kind of were. We were we were paying extra yeah. on our anyway. We were nev never like irresponsible, but it was like, man, I don't know. So it forced me, <laughs> that moment forced me to sit down and be like, okay, where is it going? And, you know, with the Dave Ramsey program, they teach you how to give a name for every dollar. And, and and when we got the budget down, all of a sudden, even with just one income, it felt like we got a raise. And mm. it was just, it was really cool to, to feel like, even though I'm no longer bringing in an income that I was contributing in that, in that way. Yeah. So sorry about that. Somebody just check. Um, so, uh, we ended up paying off $60,000 in less than three years on just my husband's income. And that's probably about how much he made a year. So there was a lot of sacrifice involved. Um, but it gave us a really good foundation in delayed gratification. And yeah. <laughs> I, be I believe that that kind of training, if you will, is totally necessary to an investor's success, especially in real estate where things don't happen overnight. They don't. And, and for people who are I think that's a huge, huge point you just made, um, especially for folks who are, you know, they're sitting on the sidelines, they're, they're consuming all the podcasts, they're in the groups, you know, they're in the communities and they see all these success stories. What they don't see is what took them there. Right. Um, matter of fact, right before this, I don't, I recorded something. I don't know that a whole lot of people know this, but from the time that my wife and I decided, all right, we're going to be real estate investors to the time that we closed on our first deal, it was four years that went by. And, and of course we missed the biggest buying window that's happened since the great depression or, or whatnot, but, um, uh, it's okay. It's okay. We're, we're, we're fine now. And it, you know, I have to remind myself it's cyclical and it's coming back around. I truly believe that it's just not maybe taking a little longer than I expected, but I 
do yeah. think it's coming back around. Um, the delayed gratification, are are you teaching that to your kids now? And and if so, how? Oh, 100%. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, I part of me as a parent, and I, I feel like it's, it's a hard job to be a parent. And you're like, am I doing this right? What is the best way to teach these lessons to our children? Like my husband and I did not come from much at all. And, you know, we're very blessed and I never want our children to feel entitled. And so um, one example that happened recently is, you know, um, my children know the difference between wants and needs. And, you know, we talk about that. How did you teach them that? Um, Well, usually when we're at the store and they're like, mommy, I want this or um, Mm. or mommy, I need this. Well, do we really need it? And also I I make it a point to have them put it back. I'm not going to put it back for them because I don't want them to get attached to it. So anyways, um, they they know the difference between wants and needs. We have that conversation constantly. And if you mommy and daddy's going to make sure your needs are met. But if there's something that you want, we're going to talk about how you can earn it. And and so um, that's a really big deal in our in our household. So um, recently I had a conversation. I think this happened just yesterday with my neighbor and they were they had some ice cream truck coming to <laughs> yeah, they had an ice cream truck coming to the school. And, um, my daughter's been going out and getting her own gum. So she doesn't have the $3 to get the ice cream right now. And so, um, my neighbor's like, Hey, do you have $5 I can, you know, borrow to give to my son? I'm like, okay, whatever, you know, to each their own. I was like, I told, I told her like, my daughter's going to sit this one out and she's like, put a sad face, you know? And I'm like, she didn't earn it. Like we had two days notice. She didn't have it saved up. This is something she wants. And I was like, you know, it's going to build character. So, um, and I had a conversation with my daughter, Eliana, who's five yesterday. I'm like, so did the ice cream truck today come today? And she goes, yeah. I'm like, and you didn't get anything. No. I'm like, but that's okay. We can earn some money later. So that next time, you know, you're ready to go. And she's like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so you know, <laughs> it builds character. It, it does. And, and um, one of the things I've been trying to get my uh, matter of fact, what he was wanting to do, he's been interrupting me. He's, he got in trouble. Uh, he got his iPad taken away, which I know you don't do the whole device thing with, with your kids. And I oh, we do. don't know how oh, you do. Okay. <laughs> sparingly, we do. Uh, okay. Well, we don't do it sparingly. So he got his taken away um, a while ago, mm-hmm. like a few days ago. I've been trying to figure out how he could get it back. And, and, and um, so he's just finished up his soccer season. And anytime during the soccer season, when he messed up or got in trouble, whatnot, then his punishment was, Hey, we're going to do more soccer drills. Right. Mm-hmm. So I told him yesterday that, Hey, in order to get your iPad back, we've got to do these soccer drills. And he's been bugging me all morning to do it. <laughs> well, the other thing, so a lot of that's just kicking and just repetition and whatnot, but I also wanted to work on his speed and getting faster. So we set up these cones in the yard or whatnot, and we'll go out there and he'll run and I'll, and I'll say, okay, that's your baseline time. If you beat that, I'll give you a dollar, right? You're going to earn a dollar. Mm-hmm. And damn it. I think he knows, I think he knows that if you run slow the first time, then he can earn like four. <laughs> Or five, Cause when he earns like four or $5, he goes, okay, daddy, I'm done. I want to go in and, and spend my money on whatever game that he's been wanting to get or whatever. And I'm like, I, I need to re I need to refresh these <laughs> rules a little bit. I'm going to go like one day he took me for like $11 and I was like, wow. something's wrong. Something anyway, or he, you know, he was actually doing it and, and he's, he's really improved on his soccer skills and he's learning the idea of earning money. Right. And mm-hmm. at six, which is yeah. incredible. He, um, he thinks what I do, I get money from the internet because I do internet videos and stuff. I'm like, yeah. not yet, but it'll, it'll come. <laughs> right. 
Um, you said something earlier too, that you guys invest in the stock market. Are you still investing? All right, guys, I want to take a break with the interview with Cindy right now and talk about the W2 Capitalist Mastermind. You guys have heard Cindy and I talk about this or briefly mention it. We're going to talk about it some more here in a little bit because Cindy is a member of the Mastermind. She's been in there since about April or May of 2020. And it's amazing to see what she accomplishes week after week after week. This is a virtual mastermind. It's built for all experience levels and niches of real estate investing. And we have over 20 calls that are hosted at various times all throughout the month. It is a way for you to get connected with like-minded people from across the country who want to see you succeed, who have been through what you're going through and want to help hold you accountable to building your own success and being your best, right? I'll give you the link to the end of the show. I'm going to give you some next recommended steps as we get to the end. So stick around for that. But for now, let's get back to the interview with Cindy. Um. I guess in terms of my husband's um, IRA, because he has a 100% match on the first 5%, but that's it. Having that said, like, you know, we were pretty heavy investing into the stock market in the beginning. Um, and towards, like, I think it was in March, I ended up taking my Roth IRA and transferring it over to a self-directed IRA through Quest Trust Company. I'll throw that in there. Um, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> and so sponsor of the podcast, previous sponsor of the podcast. By the time this comes out, they will they will have rolled off. And uh, but they they do great work. I, I'm still with them. Um, highly recommend them. Um, they're just not paying me to do so. So there you go. Exactly. <laughs> but okay. I, I love it. I love I love that you you did that because uh, they are the best at it for sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, my money's just kind of been chilling there for the last, I don't know, since March. What is that? Eight months, eight, nine months. Um, yeah. So I finally, as of like two days ago, put that to work into real estate. And so that's super exciting that I got to roll in, roll out one more deal before the end of the year, which made me feel better. <laughs> Now, so. is this the creative thing that you posted the other day inside the group? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this. I, I have okay. never heard of this before, but just kind of lay out the scenario there a little bit about the whole thing. Because when you sure. posted this, my my jaw literally dropped. I was like, people do this? Like, this is how they get into deals? So mm -hmm. let's talk about it. Well, okay. So I met this particular person through a real estate education company that I invested in a couple of years ago. Um, and he went through it as well. Um, and he told me about this business model about a year and a half ago that he was doing because it doesn't require a lot of money to get started. So the word is arbitrage. And what they do is they rent out, um, they rent out properties or apartments, and then they sublet it. Um, and of course, the um, the owner of the property knows about it, and they're okay with this. Um, they might charge a little extra for rent because obviously it's higher risk on their part. Um, you know, that's his job to figure that out. Yeah. So, <laughs> but he's been doing it for like the past year and a half. He's up to after this month, I think he'll be over 20 units that he's doing it in Kansas City. And he has um, a designer who comes in and um, designs the apartment and purchases all the uh, the furniture and, and so forth. And then they basically it's an Airbnb and people come and they wow. pay premium prices 
to stay in this property. So it might cost like a thousand dollars to rent out a month, but they're bringing in three grand. And so, and then after expenses, they're probably cash flowing, I don't know, five, 600 bucks, whatever it might be. So um, what I did, they just started taking on partners um, to, because they kind of ran out of lending power. Yeah. (laughs) Um, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So basically my money is secured first month rent. Um, security deposit, uh, the cost of um, the furniture, I think the uh, the security um, system and so forth. Yeah. So everything to get it started. And so until now, mind you, I will say, you know, they're projecting 30 to 40% cash in cash, which sounds amazing when you first hear that, right? Um, but seems a little too unreal, but yeah, but at the end of the day, um, it's a riskier investment because my money is being invested in basically furniture and the furniture depreciates super fast. So even at the end of the day, if you were to sell it, you might be lucky if you get 5% back, whereas typical investments, you're investing in real estate and you have equity, right? Because you're arbitraging this, there is no equity to be had, but it's risk and reward, right? Yeah. So how much, how much money did you invest in this deal? What are, what are some of the, like, when will you get your money back and how are you going to be, how are distributions going to be made and all that sort of stuff? Cause I, I've never heard that. I mean, you were the first one really, when I saw this, I was like, cause I, I know people who do Airbnb, Airbnb arbitrage and I don't know, it just freaks me out that I'm being, I don't know. I don't know why <laughs> I guess is my conservative nature, but, but yeah. when I heard, or I saw your post and said, Hey, I just partnered on a deal an Airbnb arbitrage because I'm giving him money to furnish the place and make it look amazing. I was like, I kind of like this because you're not putting a whole lot of risk, even though you're, I mean, it's, it's higher risk, but you're not putting a whole lot at risk, right. To get into make, and, and I'm just sitting here thinking of how I can, cause multifamily is just oversaturated. Mm-hmm. People are paying stupid prices right now. And I'm like, all right, what do I do? Like I'm shifting my plan next, my plan in 2021, which is when this is going to air is to focus on single family again and kind of get back to that because I think there's going to be more opportunities uh, or more lucrative opportunities there um, because of where we're at in the cycle and everything that's going on with, with the economy and whatnot. Um, But how do you, I forgot what I was going to say. How do you, how did you, yeah, let's, let's talk about the numbers. Like we're, let's just say you put five grand in, right? Mm-hmm. When will you get that five grand in and how long are you expected to be part of the deal or once your money's paid back with the anticipated returns, or are you out of the deal? How, how does that whole, what's the, what's the structure of the agreement look like? So I would, I would go as far as saying that there's a, there's more risk in this than you would think, <laughs> especially okay. with COVID. However, he made a good point January and February where like COVID's really going to be ramping up and, and in March they're expected to have a vaccine. He would rather that to be, you know, the months that it happens versus the summer months when they're, you know, most potent and, you know, things are happening. So um, basically the next few months, we're going to try to break even kind of thing. Um, you know, I'll come out with the numbers. Uh, it was it was 19K that I invested. Okay. Um, uh, there was an initial like setup fee, which I, that I paid them to basically find the property and put this deal together and manage it essentially. And I w- I'll say it was like a significant amount of the, that investment, but, um, 
after we have two months of cushion, um, I will get 100% of returns back and they're projecting to have my money back in three to four years. And then um, we're going to keep going up to either 10 years or until my money, I've gotten my money back plus 300%. So whichever happens gotcha. first. Okay. So 10 years or 300% return. In addition to my initial um, okay. Yeah. Do you think Airbnb is going to be around in 10 years? I think some form of it, but the company? Um, possibly. No, I, you know, <laughs> Airbnb is the most popular, but there are other um, there are. online like, travel companies that are coming up and um, making an appearance. Actually, the person that I um, invested in, he is starting to diversify and use other platforms because um, he had something that just happened recently. Um, a, a customer called and complained that his cleaning staff came in um, while they were still there, which is a huge no-no. And then you're going to go under investigation. And so because that happened, his account went under investigation. Mind you, he has amazing ratings and whatnot, mm. but literally he nobody could book any more bookings through him, which is a huge like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? Through Airbnb um, because his account was put on hold. Yeah. And so wow. he has all these cameras. And so the cameras proved that that particular person who was staying stayed way past like the time they were supposed <laughs> to check out. And so the cleaning yeah. people came on time. Like that was no fault of their own, but they have this investigation going on. And now all of a sudden bookings can't be done beyond that. So he's, he's a, he, this guy is really on his toes. And he, after consulting other people in the industry, he ended up recreating an entire new account. He's going to lose all those reviews and whatnot, but at least they can move forward and continue to get bookings. So, yeah. And that took him hours upon hours. And that was even with systems and processes and software that he has in, invested in that fortunately um, made that take less time. But either yeah. way, it was, yeah, yeah. it was a really big crisis. And so because of situations like that, I think Airbnb will be around, but they're going to have more competition. Yeah, I think, I think you're right. And I'm always confused like because we um we bought a couple of lease to own condos or actually there was one that we per we purchased and we were doing vrbo right mm -hmm. and then i lived in this neighborhood that allowed vacation rentals i was on the hoa and in charge of the website or whatnot and a lot of those folks put their stuff on on vrbo or whatnot and then it's almost like airbnb came to the picture and everybody's like oh i can go online and book somebody's personal house i'm like been able to do that for years but whatever airbnb <laughs> did they just kind of blew it up you know and, and it's all about the marketing um, that's really really yeah. cool though I, i've never heard of that i'm actually i'm tempted to ask you to introduce me to your friend even though i've got this rule about investing he, he does have two more <laughs> properties that need to be funded but all right yeah. let's let's talk offline then because i i am <laughs> yeah, <I'm> interested <laughs> um about getting create i also want to get out of my um not too far but i want to get out a little bit of my conservativeness right mm -hmm. and it doesn't sound like the investment is something that's super crazy from from our standpoint that yeah. i'd be looking at it and like okay well if if i lose that then that's i'm okay right and it or certainly helps that i know the person like i know who he is and, yeah. and what kind yeah. of like type a person he is <laughs> <So>. <laughs> and and back to what what you're talking about earlier about with um you know, with it being Airbnb being kind of, I don't know if they shut down, but people are not traveling as much because of COVID and it's probably going to get worse here as people get more indoors and 
uh, cold weather comes around or whatnot, since it is a type of flu, right? Mm -hmm. Is that I fully believe that once we get past this, whatever the case is, that the people are going to be so cooped up in their houses Mm -hmm. that when they feel more comfortable to go, everybody's going to start going and you probably can't have enough Airbnbs in your portfolio to to make sense, right? But that's a risk. That's a risk for the investment. But I I truly believe that once we're over this, and I I don't think, honestly, I don't think it's going to be until a couple of years. Um, Those people who are doing the Airbnb arbitrage or actually have do their own Airbnb personal properties, they're going to be sitting in a very good spot. Yeah. Well, here's the other thing. Um, and it's, it's an argument that this, this person um, made is, you know, November was their busiest month out of the entire year. <laughs> and that's is never the case. No, not even close. And they can't quite explain it, but at the end of the day, it's the, it's society that drives the economy. You know, yeah. government can, you know, try to put their foot down as much as they, you know, want. But at the end of the yeah. day, it's us that's going to drive the economy. Um, and also, um, Airbnb is kind of starting to, I'm not going to act like I'm, I'm a professional because I'm not. <laughs> this is just... <laughs> But they're starting to make a pivot a little bit because COVID is changing these times. And all of a sudden, there's a lot of people who can now work from home and they can now make their home wherever they want it to be. And so especially these younger millennials who don't have like a family tying them down, they're doing the suitcase life and they're staying a month at a time, you know, in this city and then and then in this city. So some Airbnbs are making it so it's a little longer stays, let's say a month. And usually, you know, those are professionals who are doing this. And so then they they market to that um, those people. So that's something else that's going on. What attracts people to go to Kansas City, though? Are you kidding me? Nothing against Kansas City folks. I've never been. I've never been. I don't know, you know, uh, from being from the (laughs) Southeast. And I apologize to everybody who's listening from the Kansas City. Uh, It's not like I said, you're a Detroit. uh, You do realize that's like one of the biggest multifamily markets that everybody's looking at right now, right? I I don't. But because, well... When I, when I think of where I want to go vacation or, or someplace I want to travel, uh-huh. Kansas City is not on the, the radar because living in the Southeast, it's either you go to the mountains or you go uh-huh. to the beach, right? It's just well, never popped up in my little peon brain, I guess. So what, what attracts people to, to Kansas City? <clears throat> well, I, um, I used to live in Kansas. My daughter was born there in Manhattan, Kansas. Um, so we were about <laughs> two and a half hours I think west of Kansas City. I can't think right now. Um, So anyways, I remember shortly after she was born, I was flying out of Kansas City because it was the biggest um, airport. And I happened to fly on the weekend that the Royals, which is a baseball team there, was playing in the World Series. And then also the Kansas City had to be a really long time ago, by the way. (laughs) It was like five years ago. Five years. And they made it like two or two out of three years. Um, yeah. So, and then the Kansas city chiefs were playing as well. So everybody wanted to get, first of all, you definitely want to get to the world series. And then everybody wanted to get to their game, their football game. And so here I am stay at home mom with my five month old baby. And they're like handing out thousand dollar vouchers to give up my seat. I gave up my seat twice. I was like, okay, I'll go stay at the hotel. I've got nothing better to do. You guys go enjoy your games. But then there's NASCAR there too. Um, so there's some really good medicine um, happening there. It's just 
Kansas City. I don't know. So it's a place I need to go to, apparently. I need to link up with your buddy and get one of his Airbnbs and take the family. Uh, I don't know. That means we're getting on a plane and I'm not wearing a mask. So I I don't know. I don't know. You can stay at my Airbnb. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. There you go. Absolutely. They have really Um, good barbecue and music there, too. So Yeah. See, again, being from the South, um, (laughs) it's it's. I don't know. I know everybody, every like region of the U.S. has its own little barbecue mm-hmm. spot. Yeah. Um, Tennessee's got some pretty good barbecue and some really good music. So does Mississippi. Actually, that's probably the only thing Mississippi has going on. <laughs> Sorry, Mississippi folks. Uh, you know, it's true. That and pine trees. You guys have a lot of pine trees. Um, okay. All right. So I, I'm loving the conversation. But unfortunately, we have like five there minutes and we're done. So yeah. <clears throat> I want to go to the uh, section. It's called Off the Wall right where i'm going to ask you three random questions um you cannot as earlier before i hit record button if i ask anything you don't want to answer i should have put out the disclaimer you have to answer these questions i'm just joking i'm just joking (laughs) these are family friendly i filter them out is from this app that i have but here we go um actually what i should say is let me find a friend family friendly question uh this is a good one uh what's the first impression you want to give people the first impression that i want to give people oh these these are deep um that i'm a genuine generous person like if i can help you if i can take the shirt off my back like i'm 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 that person for you like what you have done that before when you were 14 in bank we were talking about that earlier (laughs) (laughs) that was not on purpose though right that was not on purpose Nope. <laughs> and, and what I was telling Cindy about earlier, just trying to, uh, we were just chatting before I hit the record button earlier this week, I was on a zoom call with my coach and everybody else who's in part of that coaching program. And I had to lead in the, the group and I had made everybody stand up and I was getting hot. I had this pullover on cause we're got like 30 degree weather here in Florida. And I went to take my pull off and pullover off real quick. And I did it so quickly that my shirt came off with it. So then I'm on the zoom call, um, with no shirt on. So anyway, um, and then Cindy's shared with us, uh, her embarrassing story when that similar thing happened when she was 14 mm-hmm. at band camp. All right. So here's a good one. Do you like to plan things out in detail or be spontaneous? I think I know your answer based on some of the stuff we've talked about before, but honestly, it's a mix of the two. Um, I am a planner. It's what I do, but there are moments because I feel like this is cop out answer, but um, yeah, there are moments that I do enjoy being spontaneous. (laughs) I think that's me reaching into my pre kids life. (laughs) So being a mother, like I've, I've become very, you, you, have have, to. you have to, you have to, I don't know other way around it. Cause you, you want your kids to be on some sort of schedule mm-hmm. because if not, then there's nothing more disturbing than a, um, toddler who didn't get their nap or didn't oh. sleep through the night or anything like that. Yeah. So 100%. Um, yeah. All right. So question number three, and then we're going to get out of here. If you had to design a playground for adults, what is <laughs> one thing that you'd put on it? One thing. Wow. A playground for adults. Oh my gosh. I don't know. There's gotta be a bar. (laughs) (laughs) And what are they, what are they serving at that bar? What's the most popular drink? Well, (laughs) you know what, you know what my favorite drink is. That's what I'm asking. Yeah. yeah. My favorite drink. I mean, my most popular drink is because it's keto friendly is diet Pepsi and tequila. Everybody thinks I'm crazy for it. Um, but I do enjoy margaritas. So I guess anything with tequila. (laughs) All right. Anything with tequila 
at the playground for adults. Yeah, but uh, Jay's bar. not allowed because he can't drink tequila. I can't. I be- I become an angry, bigger asshole than I am normally. Yes, when I drink mm. tequila, it gives me fighting courage, and I don't like that. Mm. Interesting. <laughs> I do not like. Yeah, I've, I've heard of tequila doing other things, but I don't. <laughs> I don't know about angry. It just makes me angry. I don't know. I, I've, I've, uh, I guess it's sad to say that I've drank enough to realize that that is something I need to stay away from. Well, at least you even know margaritas. I, I don't think uh, I've may have had one margarita since my wife and I've been together, um, and that's been a while. Gotcha. <laughs> so, what is your what is your drink choice? Uh, it's gonna be some type of bourbon or whiskey, just drowning in some ice cubes. Nothing, nothing nice. fancy. I don't care. Right now I'm on um, this kick for uh, my uncle introduced me to uh, William Wolf pecan whiskey. Mm. It is really good. <laughs> it wow. is really good. You know but, what? I, yes, I remember you posting about that. <laughs> so so when this airs, we're going to be a couple of days, you and I and a couple other members from the Masterminder Group, we're going to be doing the 75 hard. So we're, we're if we listen to this again, we're going to be like, ah, the days. I know. I was drink. just thinking, <laughs> thinking like in 28 days, we'll be alcohol free. Seems it seems really close, but you're correct. 28 days. Oh, my gosh. That's something like that. I just pulled that out of. Yeah, I feel I like I like- should make up for lost time and. and uh <laughs> Uh, I was most nervous about that, but it was honestly one of the easiest parts of 75 hard. Yeah. yeah. The the biggest thing I'm worried about is the, the diet. And I think I figured out a way to hack that, even though, I think Jay, you, you get out of it what you put into it. I know, I know. I'm going to get make so much count. out of it. I'm going to, but I want to make it to where I can be successful. So yeah, the, the drinking alcohol is not going to be a big thing. I, I am going to miss my bowls of cereal at night. Mm. So I'm trying to figure out a diet to work that in. And I think I figured that out. So Well, for me, I know like instead of doing the keto diet, even though I was over 90% of the time I was keto, I just said low carb so that if I had a chicken nugget, I didn't fail. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Uh, it's low carb. There you go. Well, Cindy, uh, I have enjoyed the conversation. I will see you tonight, hopefully, in the mastermind call. But uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you and talk about all the things that we've talked about here or any of the things that we've talked about here, you know, getting your personal finances in order, getting to do some long distance investing real estate or the Airbnb arbitrage Mm -hmm. furniture investing, I don't even know how to (laughs) label it. What is the best way for them to get a hold of you? Um, well, you can find me on Facebook. I kind of live there, Cindy Byler. Um, I, I'm, there's not many of me. And then also on LinkedIn, or you can reach out to me via email at Cindy Byler, R-E-I at gmail.com. Cindy Byler, R-E-I at gmail.com. Yes, awesome. Sir. I got that. I will put it in the show notes and uh, I will see you tonight. Sounds great. Thanks, Jay. All right. We'll see you. All right, y'all. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Cindy. I owe you a couple of links uh, before we get out of here. Number one, to connect with Mark on the bank on yourself concept and be on your way to fire your banker and and get your free 15-minute consultation with Mark, go to w2capitalist.com forward slash bank. That's w2capitalist.com forward slash B-A-N-K. And for more information on the mastermind, check us out at w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind w2capitalist.com forward slash mastermind. No, I'm not going to spell that one out. It's way too long. I'll probably mess it up. Uh, Here's what I recommend is next steps. Connect with Cindy. She primarily hangs out on Facebook and LinkedIn. I'm going to put both those links in the show notes. Give her a shout out. Let you know that 
you heard her on the W2 Capitalist podcast. I, I know you're going to be inspired by her story. But the second step I recommend is take from here is let us know in the W2 Capitalist community what resonated with you here. Let us know about it in the community. You can find more information about that, uh, about the community at w2capitalist.com forward slash community. And step number three, if you haven't done so yet, go back and hit the subscribe button, catch up on all this amazing content, and don't forget to earn, invest, repeat.